Welcome to the Platform Podcast, where we talk to coaches, athletes, experts, and real people to learn about their approaches to training, nutrition, mindset, and much more. I'm your host, Jordan Kundi Wright, founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, and I'm on a mission to help others build sustainable, healthy lifestyles. Before we jump into this episode, I want to take a second to make an important announcement about the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open. The event will still be taking place in person in Little Canada, Minnesota on October 23rd. With Delta causing all sorts of restrictions and travel issues for a lot of people, we've also decided to include video submissions for participants who are unable or unwilling to make the trip in person. So now, no matter where you live, you'll be able to participate in the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open. You'll be able to submit your videos until midnight central time on October 22nd and still be eligible for all of the same prizes as our in-person competitors. Just go to our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com for details. This week is a special episode where I have two guests returning, Bobby Hicks and Audrey Carlson, and I brought them back to discuss our experience implementing a water cut protocol that I learned in my level two nutrition certification with Nutrition Coaching Institute and what our experiences were like in uh, the pluses, minuses, the fun, the suck, and what we learned from the experience as well as what our results were. Um, So I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. It was great fun and I really appreciate Bobby and Audrey doing this with me um, and being willing to share their experience with the audience. So I hope you guys really get a lot out of it. Please feel free to hit me up with any questions. And as always, I'm incredibly grateful that you listen to this podcast. The best way you could support me is to register for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open on October 23rd and maybe tell a friend or two. Just go to our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com for details. And of course, if you haven't already, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review of the platform podcast in your app of choice and support my work by supporting our sponsors whose affiliate links you'll find in the episode notes. And if you want to step onto the platform and compete in kettlebell sport or you need help with your nutrition, please reach out to me. I help athletes of all levels reach their goals without wasting time using my integrated coaching approach. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com or email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. Now, let's step onto the platform with Bobby Hicks and Audrey Carlson. All right, we are live streaming on Facebook, and I am on with my friends, Bobby Hicks and Audrey Carlson. So welcome into this week's episode of the Platform Podcast. This is the first time we have had um, a live stream with multiple guests. This could get interesting, um, but uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So the reason I asked these two on is they were brave enough to be guinea pigs for me um, as we worked through a water cut protocol for the Riddlestruck Open, which was what, two two weekends ago now? Is it already two weekends ago? Yeah, I feel like it it's probably coming up about that. Yeah. Well, thank you guys both for, for coming on. Um, you guys want to say hi? Hello. Hi there. You, sh- 
you guys you guys all know bobby from multiple appearances on the podcast already and audrey was on uh gosh i don't even remember it was sometime during quarantine when we were talking it was during dry january like right right leading up to dry january so she was on and helped me talk through um how to successfully navigate a dry january so thank you for being return guests i very much appreciate it you're welcome thanks for having us and the comp was on the 14th just i just checked the calendar it feels like two weeks ago but it was actually just eight days ago. Uh, yeah. My, I, I can't, I can't do, I can't do time anymore. It's just, it's Same. become so nebulous. Like, it's like counting reps, you know, it's yeah. like, I, I just knocked out 15 reps in that set. And then you actually go back and look at it and it was like 11. Yeah. I can't yeah. count. I can't do that. And I can't count gummy bears. I, they go by, you know, it's just handfuls. I just, you know, how many handfuls of gummy bears? Mm, all right. Gummy bears. Yeah. Albany's only Albany's 12 flavor, but don't come at me with that Harborough garbage, Bobby. Hey, I've learned. You've converted me. <laughs> All right. So the uh, the water cut protocol. I wanted to give the audience a, a quick a quick overview of of the water cut protocol before we dive into your guys's personal experience. And I also did the water cut, um, not because I was within anything resembling striking distance of a lower weight class, but just out of solidarity uh, <laughs> with people. I I try and make it a point if I'm going to ask somebody to do something that I have uh, either done it myself or I am willing to do it myself. So um, we went through this water cut protocol, and I want to give credit where credit is due. This is not my protocol. I did not design this protocol. This is from NCI, the Nutrition Coaching Institute, where I have my nutrition certifications. Um, This is from their level two certification, Jason Phillips, um, super high level nutrition coach and uses this water cut protocol with UFC athletes. And they have actually reviewed this water cut protocol with the UFC um, to to walk them through it and to to ensure safety and efficacy. Um, And the UFC signed off on this protocol. They like it uh, quite a bit. And I'll explain some of the reasoning behind that as we as we go through it. But I want to give credit where credit is due. This is not my protocol. I did not design this, but um, I did execute this with with Bobby and Audrey, uh, as well as myself. So it goes it goes basically in five phases. Um, But I also want to couch it in the in the understanding that ideally, you do not come into any type of cut any before a competition where you you need to cut a bunch of weight, right? You need to be within striking distance of, of the, the weight class that you want to be in. So ideally you should have a full training camp or a full prep cycle where you can first dial in your nutrition and lose weight in a very sustainable way so that you are close to the weight that you want to compete at. And this protocol is just a way to manipulate water that is stored in your body to go down a weight class without adversely affecting performance significantly. And uh, so I want to couch it with that. This is not a miracle thing. This is a way to lose, um, you know, between, between five and 25 pounds, depending on how big you are as a human being um, in a fairly short period of time. So we're talking about, this is a 12 day protocol. Um, we start, we start 10 to 12 days out from, from when you need to weigh in, but this is almost entirely water weight that we're going to lose. So this is not sustainable. You will put this weight back on and as we'll talk about. So I just want to be very, very clear in, in how I couch this so that this is not weight that stays off forever. This is weight that you, that you flush out and then put right back into your body. Um, so ideally you want to be close to the weight that you, that you need to perform at. So phase one 
is a water load. We start that 10 to 12 days out um, and typically lose, you know, between three to five pounds. Again, this is all going to be couched with the, it, it varies. It depends on how big of a human being you are. So, and we'll talk through what each of our individual experiences were in each of these phases um, as we get into it. But just the overview is phase one is a water load phase. We start 10 to 12 days out. Phase two is carb reduction. So five days out, we reduce our carbohydrate intake by about 40% of what your current intake is. Um, and then you reduce it another 40% on day four. So four, four days out from, from when you need to weigh in and you do it 40% off of the reduction that you just did. So it's not off of your previous total. It's off of the, off of the initial reduction, right? So you just reduce it an additional 40%. Phase three is sodium um, reduction or sodium elimination, as it were, as, as much as you can actually eliminate sodium. So we do that three days out, we eliminate sodium. And then phase four is the water excretion phase. That's when we pull water from intake. So that's approximately a day out. Again, depending on how close you are to the weight that you want to compete at, if you've already dropped a bunch of weight in the previous phases, that allows you to keep water in longer. We want to, we want to stay as hydrated as, as we can for as long as we can and continue intaking water um, for as long as possible. And so we, we don't pull water until the last, that's the last manipulation uh, is the water excretion part. So we, we pull water one day out and then there's the sweat phase, which is, which is part of phase four. That's the water excretion phase. So you do between 30 to 60 to 90 minutes, depending on how much weight you need to lose. You do, you do sweat phases where you excrete water either with sauna, um, a hot bath, or if you live in one of the climates that either of my guests live in, like Austin, Texas, or uh, Florida, just anywhere in Florida, which is always hot and humid. You can just go outside and go for a walk because it's basically like sauna, <laughs> um, you know, depending on the time of year. But you, you really, you really just work to, to excrete, uh, excrete water through sweat. And then phase five, is post weigh-in refeed. And that's re-uptaking uh, carbohydrates, sodium and potassium, replenishing electrolytes. So those are the five phases. We're going to, I'll, I'll give you a little bit more information about them as we, as we go through them, but I wanted to give you just a framework for this, uh, for this episode. So those are the five phases and we'll talk about those phases and what our experiences were with them and how much weight we kind of individually lost in, in those, in those phases. So, um, with that, I'm going to, I'm going to bring my guests back in. So Bobby, what were you trying to compete at? What was the weight that you were trying to compete at and how close to that were you when we started? So, um, First off, hey, yeah, and thanks hey. again, thanks <laughs> yes, again for you know, having us on here and stuff again. Like this is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, so initially, you know, it's like my my body weight kind of average, you know, before you and I started working together was uh, kind of fluctuating between two hundred seven, uh, two hundred seven pounds to two hundred nine pounds. I'm kind of the worst when it comes to you know, I'd say like one hundred plus kilos, or, or no, no, no. Not 100 plus. See, I can't even do that. You know, it's like, it, <laughs> like it's 90 plus kilos. 90 plus. Yeah, it's like 95, 92 or 95 kilos. I think it was somewhere around there. You know, carry, carry the two. Yeah, I'm terrible at conversions too. Let's just not worry about it. We're talking to Americans, anyways. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk in pounds. Sorry to our international. Sorry to those of you Sorry. in Canada. <laughs> so anyway, if we're going to talk in pounds. You'll have to do the math. <laughs> yeah. 
but but yeah so anyway like I, I basically was kind of averaging around like 207 to 209 pounds and you know like this was purely experimental i had never really done like a proper water cut you know like if i would go into a, a weight class uh or like a, a competition and i wanted to cut i'd usually just kind of fast a little bit the day before and uh, i'd come down a couple of pounds just for that but uh i wanted to because again i had no idea there was no standard for me i didn't know what i could drop so i said hypothetically let's go from like the 92 plus kilo weight class that i was uh, i think like normally competing in and i was like let me see if i can either drop down to the 84 kilo weight class which again now hindsight like that's absolutely absurd um which would be like about 185 pounds in in you know like uh america <laughs> and then um if so that 20 22 pounds from yeah, from where 20, you were walking around on, 20, an, on yeah, an average day 22 pound cut uh or the next option would be just one single weight class down to the 89 kilo class which would bring me closer to around like 195 pounds which is I, I knew right off the bat, I was like, that's absolutely attainable. That's something that I, I, it's a goal of mine to kind of naturally lose body fat and composition and stuff like that to get down to around there anyway. Uh, so it's like, that'll be a nice kind of ending point. And yeah, that's where and, we, that's where you landed. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll say like Bobby and I started working together without a full camp. So the, the one, the, the piece of advice I started with um, Bobby, Bobby and I have, have started working together on, on just doing some natural reduction of his body weight that is sustainable. Um, but we didn't have a full camp to, you know, we didn't have a full 12 weeks to, to reduce no. his body weight in that, in that way. So that's where we were. He, he bravely volunteered to, to, uh, to, to do this. And then Audrey, same question for you. Where were you, where were you at when we started? and what were you what were you trying to trying to get to um for for competition yeah so i was in between the welter and super light weight so i was at 170 ish pounds um so you know 79.4 and then wanting to get to the 74.3 and so it was really just a five pound difference so i was like you know i don't want to gain five pounds because my nutrition goals right now are i'm trying to lose fat and get back to you know like 145 pounds that's what i was and kicking ass at that, by the way yeah thank you thank you with your help so um yeah so i was like you know i could either just stay or just for fun and of course i'm always down for an experiment um, so I was like, sure, let's see, like five pounds, trying to cut five pounds. Like that didn't seem, you know, like craziness. Yeah. And I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the end of the bell curve for y'all. I was, I was, uh, you know, I'm in the Clydesdale division as, uh, everybody knows. Uh, so I, you know, I was, uh, when we started, I, depending on the day, you know, my body weight fluctuates more than, than, you know, smaller humans. So, um, you know, I can fluctuate five pounds on a, on a, on a given day. So I was, uh, I was, you know, around 275 on average, but, you know, as high as 278, as low as 272, depending on, you know, when and where I weigh in and, and all of those, all of those factors, but, averaging around 275 when we when we started this and so um for me me fluctuations are, are fairly are fairly large and i think in general like a 10 percent reduction um is probably about about attainable through this water cut you know and i'm gonna again couch that and say it depends on you depends on a lot of factors but um you know about a 10 about a 10 percent fluctuation is typically about what you'll expect from this so 15 you know 15 to 15 to 20 pounds, um, is reasonable for larger humans, less than that for smaller humans. Right. So for me, like 20 pounds was totally reasonable because I am, you know, a big person. So, um, phase one was, was the water load. Right. And that's where, 
um, if you're already hydrating appropriately, it's typically, you know, about, you know, about your body, an ounce per, you take your body weight divided in half and, uh, and drink an ounce of water per pound, you know, um, and that's typically what most people, you know, would be recommended. So, you know, for me, that's, you know, a hundred and, you know, 135 ounces a, a day. So basically a gallon a day, um, for me is, is kind of, is kind of what I was doing. Bobby, you were in pretty similar, you're in pretty similar, uh, baseline, right. When, when we, when we started, cause you live in Florida, which is super hot and you train in your garage, which is super hot. So we, we keep, we try and keep your, your, your fluid up and Audrey kind of the, kind of the same thing. Cause you live in Texas. So we try and keep your fluid fairly high. So you were both like over a hundred ounces a day was kind of your target when we started when we go to the water load phase we double that yeah. <laughs> right so so audrey how how was that for you when when i was like hey oh double God. your normal water intake <laughs> yeah so i i average around 100 100 ounces a day um and so then it was like okay so now i gotta drink three gallons a day i was like whoa and i thought first day i was like oh this you know it'll be okay and then you can see my notes in my tracker by the fourth day i was like fucking water like <laughs> it was rough because i normally i get up twice in the night to pee and this was, was like six times in the night i was just like wow this is hardcore yeah and bobby it was like it's similar for you right like is uh I mean, we went to 250 plus. You were just, we were just thinking of it in gallons. Basically you start going like two yeah. to three gallons a day. Like I, I, the, the funny thing is like in general, I don't normally track the liquid. Like I just kind of, I have my cup that, you know, I have right here in my hand and it's like, I just fill it all day long constantly and it's like there was a point for a, a long time where I had a gallon of water that I would just refill every day with just like Brita water and I would just use that as a metric but when it came time for the actual like water loading aspect, I just, I had an idea of like how much water I needed to drink for a normal day, you know, and I was comfortable with doing. And then I was just like, I'm just going to do this all day until I'm just absolutely uncomfortable. <laughs> but for me, it actually became one of those things for one, because it's so hot down here. I, I just enjoyed drinking it. And then it got to a point uh, after, because we did this for almost two weeks. Yeah. So it's like by the end of 10 the first, to 12 days out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like by the end of the, by, by the end of the, uh, the first week of doing that, it got to the point where if I was drinking any less than a gallon and a half a day, I was, I was actually like parched. Like my mouth would be like, like puckering because I'm just like, I need water, you know? Yeah. We, we, I mean, we call this the water load phase. It could really just be called the piss fest because like <laughs> when you, when you, when you drink this much water, uh, you really start peeing a lot as, as Audrey said. Right. And, and ideally if you can do it, you want to get most of it in, in the morning so that you can taper off water before you go to bed and you're not, you're not having to wake up six times in the middle of the night. Um, that's easier said than done. Um, I was, I was kind of the same way where it was just like, I was like, wait, am I currently drinking? drinking water okay then i'm falling behind because I, I basically just needed to be drinking water constantly and the reason we do that from a physiology perspective is um your body needs time to change the hormones that signal you to retain water so under normal hydration circumstances your body is has adh and aldosterone are are two hormones that signal how much water your your how much fluid you should retain and by hyperhydrating what happens is your body turns off those signals. So it, it basically says, okay, we have so much water coming in that we do not need to retain 
water. We need to just excrete everything that's coming in. So we basically just turn on the faucet and put our heads under it and just keep drinking and drinking and drinking. And by doing that, our body responds by decreasing the hormones that tell us to, to retain water. So that is, that is the intention of phase one. And actually in this phase, despite the fact that you are drinking gallons and gallons and gallons of water every day, um, you can expect to lose between two and four pounds in the, in the first week. You know, I lost four pounds the first week. How, yeah. how did you, how did you do Bobby? Uh, so, I mean, like uh, one of, and, and prefacing again for everybody that's listening and not actually aware of this, like, so uh, we all have been actually plugging into a very, really a candy uh, kind of like what Google doc that Jordan actually made for sheet, us. And so sheet, it's Google a spreadsheet. Sheet, yeah. spreadsheet. So it's like, we actually log in all of our daily kind of like macros and our steps and all these other analytics that you'll probably get into one day. But so I have like uh, uh, all of my stats and metrics in front of me and it's like data. It's great. And it's like, you know, it went from kind of basically being around like 206 pounds was kind of like a generalized average, you know, for a couple of days. And then when I started doing the water cut, it went from really quickly from like 206 and then dropping down to about 202, um, yeah, pretty, pretty quickly, you know, and then especially after we started, which you'll, you'll get into, but when we started doing like the carb manipulation and the sodium cut, like it just fell off. Like it was kind of insane. Yeah. Uh, Audrey and kind of sim- similar for you as well, right? You saw, you saw a pretty, not immediate reduction, but after a few days of water loading, you, you saw the, you saw the, the reduction happen as well. Yeah, definitely. And I'll talk more about it when we get to that point with the sweating thing that just blew my mind, like totally blew my mind. And I, the thing too, with the water is it wasn't so much the peeing because I'm, you know, fairly used to that since I drink so much anyway, um, or, you know, as much as I should for this climate, but I was like, my stomach was so full. And, you know, you hear like, oh, you know, you're not really hungry. You're thirsty or, you know, drink a glass of water before you eat and it'll fill up your stomach this is the point where I was like, yeah. And I'll talk more about this. My calories were probably much lower than what is recommended, but just because I was like, I can't put anything in my stomach. Absolutely. Volume. Yeah. yeah, Volume in the stomach. Yeah. I, I, that is one thing I I didn't mention. That is definitely part that is definitely part of it. Your stomach is just full of fluid all the time, which also I will say for those of us doing kettlebell sport makes jerk and long cycle in particular, long cycle for me was harder than jerk, like jerk, at least you're, you're dropping the weights on your stomach, but you're not bending over. But like right. on long cycle, it was like just sloshing around in my stomach. And I'm such a baby when it comes to that. So, so I will say the training experience of training with that much fluid in your stomach was super weird for me. And I did not enjoy it, but of the five phases, this was well, the, the four phases of the cut, this was the easiest phase it was the, yeah. just drinking water. This, right. this was also like one of the first times that like, you know, cause again, I drink a lot of water, but this is one of the first times where I would be training and I work up to like the 32s and I'm doing my like long cycle or jerk sets with the 32s. And then like, I actually had to like set down at the very end of like that, that one training set. And I was like, I had to hold back the, 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 the need to like vomit because it was just, I've never had that sensation because I'm not normally continuously drinking as much as I normally do when I'm training, but I was trying to keep up with it. And I was like, I'm going to throw up. If I, if I keep doing yeah this. i didn't i didn't drink during training i stopped while i was while i was training i couldn't i can't i can't it, do it it was so. a quick lesson i figured it i figured it out really fast <laughs> yeah well All my right. normal routine is i don't consume any liquid like at least 30 minutes or food 
before training. I don't eat anything for like two to three hours before training, yep. but then even the liquid because of that, you know, the, just the full tummy. Um, so yeah, it was, it was challenging, yeah, same but for me, you're like right. Three it was hours. the easier, easier part for sure. And then just to plug, I'm not sponsored, but this hydrate bottle is fun. Hydrate with an eye. It's a smart bottle and has an app. And so it tracks it. It's like got this little sensor that calibrates the weight of water. And, and you can, so, and you can tag people like it's Bluetooth. And like, you can like, weren't you? Yeah. I'm like you, friends with a few yeah. people. Yeah. Nora. And then like a coworker turned me on to it and I got Chris one. And so it's really fun because you can compete. You just hashtag influence the shit out of me right now. Like I, I, I've got my little Tervis that I got from like my nephew and I'm just like, I gotta throw the shit out the window. Yeah, it's so <laughs> fun, Bobby. You can, they have all different kinds of bottles. I recommend the steel, stainless steel versus plastic because of the condensation. This doesn't get condensation. And then you can even pay extra to like program the colors of your lights. I'll show y'all when it's telling me I need to drink. I'll hold it up so you can see the little light show. It's like a little disco in your hand, so... It's silly, but fun. I like that's awesome. Anything, anything that helps, right? Like if it works for you, like that's, that's huge. Like I, I just, I'm, I'm constantly drinking. It's funny. My desk always had, like, I have, I have, uh, you know, one mug, I've got my, my massive thing of coffee. I've got another thing for like, I've, I've always got like six or seven cups around my desk because I'm like always drinking. And I know like, instead of just bringing my cup upstairs and refilling it, it's like, I'm upstairs and I fill up a different cup or (laughs) so like I end up with just a collection of cups around around my around my uh, desk it's like a weekend thing I, I bring all my cups upstairs from my office of, of the work week but yeah um, well it was interesting to see if I was actually drinking as much water as I thought I was because like Bobby I wasn't actually ever measuring it I was just you know constantly drinking yeah. and so I was like yeah I'm actually I'm actually doing it well so. and, and for people that live especially in the warm climates it is really interesting and Bobby alluded to it right it's interesting to see like when you first actually start adequately hydrating a how much your just general feeling improves like you just feel better like when you adequately hydrate um and then your performance improves right and you know adequately hydrate is not this not the hyper hydration but like when you when you just increase your water intake and it's like amazing how much better you sleep how much better you train how much better everything everything goes so down here in florida it's one of those things where you're drinking and at like as i am drinking currently in my water i'm still thirsty drinking (laughs) like it just it just it's gone right So that's, that's phase one, the water load phase, and we keep that water load going the entire time, right? So again, the, the, the idea here is we want the hormonal signals that tell, a, that tell our body to retain water to shut off. So we have to maintain that high level of water intake throughout this entire process. So that's 10 to 12 days out. And we do that. So basically that first week is we're hyperhydrating. We keep that water intake going. And then we get to phase two, which is the carb reduction phase. And this is when, so five days out, we're going to reduce our carb intake by, by 40%. And for those of you that, that aren't watching on, on Facebook, uh, Bobby just gave me the double barrel middle fingers because he was, he was ever. not happy when I took his carbs away. So, so. I loved his story. He's like, send carbs, send salt. <laughs> so so we we cut your carbs pretty pretty significantly it was a big it was a big it was a big change for you so so talk talk about it what did what did you do okay so so again let's let's work off of like stats that we've got so on average my carb intake okay my average carb intake was 290 grams plus okay like that was that was what i was normally getting on a regular weekly basis hashtag carbs for performance y'all Absolutely. Like, you know, if, if I had less than 250 grams, I noticed it in my training. 
and I and I would leave notes as well, like you know, for my performance, it would be like a six instead of like an eight or a nine or something. So we had to drop it by forty percent. And so, you know, that Monday it went down to 164 grams. And then the very next day we dropped that by an additional 40 grams. And again, th this was the most important thing that like I had asked Jordan, I was like, okay, so am I just like, I'm dropping carbs? Am I kind of like having fun and like filling that up with like, extra protein and fat, like yeah, extra calories? And he was like, no, no, no. You're, you're dropping calories and getting rid of the carbs and like, that's it. So yeah. then we dropped down to from 164 down to, well, I, I consumed 164. And then the next day I consumed 100, 106 grams of carbs. And it kind of stuck with 100 grams of carbs or less uh, for the rest of the week until weigh in. Yep. And I mean, you know, that, uh, to be fair, like if you if you are looking to kind of like shed water weight, that was the that was the ticket. Like I instantly dropped uh, looking at this, I went from 206 pounds, and then within two days, doing nothing else, I was still drinking a ton of water, dropped to 202 pounds, and then just two days later was when we did the water cut, and that's when I dropped down to 194 pounds from just sweating. So, I mean, like, the, the sodium cut was huge, too. We'll get to that, but, like, God, the carbs really helps, but that was just the most awful, cruel thing that you could do to me. <laughs> yeah, and this is why, why low-carb diets work um, for reducing weight but they don't work necessarily, or they're not any, they do work that anything that puts you in a calorie deficit works, but they, they're not any more effective um, at reducing body fat than any other um, calorie controlled, uh, you know, reduction in total intake, right? But they work for reducing weight because for every gram of glycogen, which glycogen is just a fancy way of saying carbohydrate energy that is stored in either your muscles or your liver. Those are the two places that your body stores glycogen. It converts carbohydrate energy to glycogen, which is a readily available fuel source that it uses for uh, any highly uh, oxidative you know, high intensity type of training. Right. And so it's always using a mix of, of fat and carbohydrate energy, but that comes mostly from glycogen, um, especially in exercise. So this is why it is super important. If you are training regularly that you eat carbohydrates because your body uses that as its preferred fuel source for high intensity training. So every gram of glycogen that you store in your muscles or in your liver, two grams of water are attached to. Right. So when you take away a gram of, of carbohydrate energy as stored as glycogen, you actually reduce by three grams. Right. So there's an added effect of it. Ex you excrete water and you don't have the glycogen. Great for reducing weight terrible for for how you feel and how you perform right so um i know Aud audrey and i train you know in, in the same training sessions a lot of times uh, as part of the the twin cities kettlebell club team like i don't know about you but for for me like not having the carbs the the weights suddenly felt way fucking heavier like 20 kilos felt like 26 or 28 kilo bells like it was super i, I couldn't believe that did you have that same experience yeah. and i was supposed to do two sessions that week and i only did one and i couldn't even it was supposed to be seven one minute sprints long cycle with the 16s and i could only do six i mean i was like i'm gonna like straight just face plant like i was <laughs> so but that was like on that final day you know and yeah. the rest of the time i just did walking and stretching because yeah i was like I, I was, I felt like not well. 
yeah this is what this is why training like training intensity and like performance particularly like goes down significantly if you if you don't have carbs so this is the trade-offs that we make you know reducing reducing weight for aesthetic purposes or for you know for weigh-in purposes you don't expect your training to your training performance to also be good right especially if you're not adapted to being in in a low carb uh state so yeah so we we reduce 40 percent day five five days out from weighing we reduce another 40 percent um four days out from weighing and we keep that reduction the entire way so you do see a caloric overall caloric reduction you see an overall overall um, food volume reduction. So that's another way that you'll lose weight from this is you won't, you'll just have less food volume in your digestive tract, right? So in your stomach and in your intestines, so you'll have less food volume. You'll, you'll excrete um, the, the glycogen as well as the water that goes with that. So the, the, you can expect to lose, you know, between uh, between two and, and, you know, five or six pounds, again, depending on how big you are, right. You'll, you'll lose another couple of pounds and up to, I would say six, six, ish pounds in this phase where you do the carb reduction and calorie reduction. Right. And then we move on to, um, phase three, um, which is we cut out sodium and sodium is an electrolyte, um, makes things taste good. Right. Salt is one of the, the, you know, the main five things that we taste. We take, you know, salt, fat, acid, heat, and sweet. Right. Um, those are kind of the main things that you cook with. Salt is, is a big part of that. Um, I honestly found the cutting out sodium to be the hardest thing. I found that even harder than cutting out the carbs. Did, did you guys, did you guys find that as well? Well, for me, it was challenging because Jordan knows this because he's my nutrition coach as well as my kettlebell sport coach is I don't cook. And so I sort of like fake cook. I get like Trader Joe's stuff. I get, you know, pre-made meals like from H-E-B that it's, you know, it's fresh food, but it's technically processed in the sense that, you know, it's Somebody got all- prepared it for you. Yeah, exactly. And so it's harder to control the sodium with that, right? So that was my challenge is like, okay, I have to eat whole foods, you know, cause even my protein shake had a little sodium. So, yeah. so that was challenging. So like, you'll see on day four, like I had 856 calories that day. Cause I was like, first of all, I, I don't have any energy to even lift the food to my mouth. <laughs> and secondly, like, what am I going to eat? Uh, you know? So I'm curious from Bobby. And that like, was under the prescription. Y'all I did not prescribe calories that low. I just, yeah, he, 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 did, he, did. he did. That was just me being like, ah, oh, it's a fucking last day. Like <laughs> just, I don't even care. I'm going to bed. So I'm curious, Bobby, like how many milligrams of sodium did you have? Did you track it? So like I wasn't tracking the the milligrams of salt per se because again like mine I, I do cook a lot and I, I actually love to cook and so that made it easier for me in the sense of like being able to kind of just make sure I'm not adding any sodium and and fortunately like you know my girlfriend Keiko like she was very on board with this like she just kind of added salt on her own stuff if she needed but like kind of like you like I I had my routine breakfast and stuff that I had to kind of alter so like my my protein shake it has a little sodium, but it wasn't a ton. So I wasn't really stressed about it. I would normally have a salad, but the salad did have some sodium in like the dressing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to use less of the dressing at least just to kind of compensate for that chicken. I would just cook in advance and just no sodium and stuff. But like in general though, I did find that like my intake of food during those days when I had to cut the sodium was like severely down. Like for example, even when we did the carb depletion you know it's like i was dropping from an average of around 2500 calories let's say 25 2700 is kind of, i think 2700 is what you'd program for me you know yep. 
Um, but I was eating maybe around like 2000 calories, you know, or less because it was just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't even interested in food. Like you, like Jordan had to have a little pep talk with me one day when I was just texting him and I was like, this is absolute fucking bullshit. I hate this and everything sucks. <laughs> Give me salt, you know, I want cake, you know, and I don't even like cake that much. I just really wanted something, you know? And yeah. he was just like, look, man, food is fuel. You got like one more day left of this. He was like, I just want you to eat. And, and so like, I got creative and, and uh, that was kind of one of my notes too. Like I had to get creative, you know, mm. and like, I would just mix eggs with chicken and it's like, my meal would be, I mean, just jacked in protein like i remember i sent a photo to our group thing and it was just like 90 grams of protein in one meal that i had because it was like uh two breasts of chicken and like three eggs and hot or no and the, i couldn't even use hot sauce because it was oh, yeah, a lot of a lot of sodium, sodium. It, but not in sriracha right so that's yeah, right sriracha, and this, yeah. this is where like and this is where we were kind of kind of helping each other out where it was like okay so what can i have and like so like this and I, I don't usually recommend the food is fuel mindset to my to my clients, but there are phases, there are times, right? And there are times when we have to shift our mindset. And this was one of those times where it's like, okay, for the next two days, we're not eating for pleasure. We're just like, you just kind of got to, I won't even say grin and bear it. You just have to frown and bear it. And you just like, you just eat the food. It's just like, okay, I'm eating plain oatmeal. I'm eating, uh, I'm eating unsalted eggs, right? Eggs with pepper and sriracha sauce was like one of the things that, that I ate, right? And like, I, I, I didn't even do my protein supplement because it had 300 milligrams of sodium in it. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Right. So like I was doing plain egg whites, plain eggs, plain chicken, plain pork chops or not a pork chop, like pork loin, right? Like lean, lean cuts of meat plain. I'm, I got a bunch of grass fed steaks that were very lean and I cooked those, but like seasoned, seasoned, seasoned them, but no, but no salt on them. So it was like, just pepper and garlic and onion, right? Onion powder, right? So like seasonings you can do because there's no sodium in the, in just the ground, you know, granulated garlic and things like that. But it's like, you do have to get creative and it does. I mean, frankly, it sucks. Like that was the hardest part for me. Was I was worst. just like, I was just like, God, this food is just, cause I like food. I'm a fat yeah. heart. Like I like food. I eat for pleasure. I like, I like eating, exactly. you know, I like, I like and cooking, you know, that's why so I like, like cooking. Like, yeah. I want to, yeah. I want to taste the food that I'm putting the time and the love and respecting you know and it's like at the end of the day you kind of have to like you have to zhuzh up your food a little bit and give it a little like facial just before you eat it because it's like you want it to taste good look good and all this and then like when you kind of go to this that that was just awful i mean like yeah. I, I actually was had the best part of that was just like making sure that i was drinking because at least that kept me from feeling uh hungry you know right. yeah. like yeah but it was just like so my, my hydration was on point but then it's like on that that last day we had to cut hydration and I wasn't <laughs> eating anything fun and I was just like this is this is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, but I, I do have to say, like the first time you have salt when you when you reintroduce it, like I had a I had a I had a stack of pan <laughs> stack of pancakes on the refeed day or or blueberry waffles actually is what they were that like it was so good <laughs> like just like yeah, anything and I and I made eggs too and I put salt on my eggs and I was like oh my god these eggs are the best eggs ever <laughs> it was just because I put a little bit of salt on it it was the same way I normally make eggs which are not super exciting it's just scrambled eggs with like you know with salt and pepper like not super exciting but after coming through that it was like oh my god I, I love all of the salt 
salt. It's so good. It like made my mouth water. It was just, it was, it was kind of crazy, but I mean, I lost, I lost five pounds the day we cut sodium. I, how much, how much did you guys lose? Cause like sodium cutting sodium stops again, the water retention, right? So you excrete more, you excrete more water. Um, how much, how much did you lose Audrey when we, when we cut, uh, when we cut sodium? I think, yeah, that was a pound that I lost. And just to give you an idea, like I averaged like 2,500 to 3000 milligrams of sodium a day and I was around 800. So, so it was like, I was still getting some, um, but, but it was you know, a significant, significant reduction. Yeah. 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 So I did. And then, you know, my average carbs are like 185. That's my weekly average. And so I went from, you know, the first day is 49, 37, and then 20 on that last day, just because like I said, I just couldn't even do anything. Um, and then the refeed day, 341 grams of carbs, bitches. <laughs> I was like, yes, back to life. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we get through the sodium cut and phase four, as we talked about, you know, a little bit, we've all kind of alluded to it is we pull water. Um, that's the, the water excretion day. And we do that as close to the weigh-in as, as possible. Again, we want to stay hydrated for as long as possible. Um, but this is the biggest, and this is the biggest drop that you'll get in this because it's a water cut, water cut for a reason. So suddenly when you've been drinking two to three gallons of water a day and you eliminate that, you're, you're just automatically eliminating several pounds worth of water that would otherwise be in your body just via, just via intake. And then uh, remember we have, we have caused ADH and aldosterone to, to shut off. So our body is still has, still has excretion signals going. So it's saying, Hey, we've got plenty of water coming in. Go ahead and go ahead and excrete the water that's in your body. We turn off the faucet, but the body doesn't stop excreting. Right. And that's what the, that's what the important thing is, right. Is people mess that up. That is the biggest mistake that I see people that I've seen people make in water cuts is that they pull water too early. And then when it's time to sweat, they wonder why their body can't sweat or why they're not sweating enough. Right. And it's because the hormonal signals that tell your body it's safe to sweat because there's been water present are no longer there. If you cut too early, ADH and aldosterone go back up and they might go really high actually, um, because, because you, because you have cut water too early. Right. And so then your body wants to hold on to every ounce of water that it has in its body. Right. We, on the other hand, were like, I went for a walk in Minnesota, which where it was like 82 degrees or 85 degrees. And I was sweating like just buckets. I, I was, and it was a casual walk with my dog because this was at the end when I had very little energy. I went for like a 20 minute walk with my dog. I walked less than a mile and I was just pouring buckets of sweat to the point where I was like embarrassed when I like walked by my neighbors and they wanted to talk to me. I was like wiping the sweat away from my head. And I was, I was embarrassed because I was, I was just like dripping sweat as though I had just run a marathon or something, you know, but it's like a big Yeti. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just a sweaty <laughs> Yeti, man. It was, it was not, it was not good. And Bobby, you you had that similar experience, right? You, you were talking about like, you were just pouring buckets of sweat once you, once you went to, once you would, and you have a sauna in your garage, right? So, so yeah. you had the luxury of, of, of having a sauna. I will say luxury loosely um, because like, I, I tried to, I tried to kind of make the absolute most of that day because I thought that I was going to be going and waiting until the end of the night. And then you actually a little early were just like, yeah, let's try to get like a little early sweat right now. And we'll test it out and see like how much you lose. That will help us kind of like gauge tomorrow for the proper cut. And uh, so I was like, okay. So I went for without any water as well. I kind of did like a cut rate and I went on a two mile or two plus mile run 
and then came back and then jumped in the sauna that I had preheated, you know, <laughs> like while I was on the run. So it was nice and hot when I got back. And then I sat in the sauna for like, uh, I think it was only maybe 30 minutes. You yeah, know? it was 27 minutes if memory serves when yeah. you sent me, the, sent me the text message. And that was that was the hardest thing. I mean, like the, the, the sodium cut, like that was miserable, but the hardest thing I think I've, I've probably done in like one of the hardest things I've done in my entire life was sitting in that sauna uh, and just, just sweating, you know? And And that's why I only wanted you to do 30 minutes because I I didn't want to come into the next day and be like, Hey, you got to sit in the sauna for 60 minutes based on, because that is not mentally easy. Right. Like I did it again. I I basically like when I was done, I weighed myself and just kind of gauge like how much I would lose in a 30 minute period of time. And I dropped, I think down to like, uh, uh, maybe about like 198 pounds or, or 199 or something. I was like, okay, so like a 30 minute sweat's going to give me a little bit of, of sweat out. I went to the store and I have an ice barrel as well. And so I went out to the store about 120 pounds of ice, <laughs> brought it back, added that to my ice barrel and everything. And I jumped in there, got like nice and cool again and had that handy. So that like when I started to kind of get like that dizzying, like I'm going to pass out inside of a sauna, like I'm dying, you know, I would just jump out for a minute, walk over and dunk my head in the ice barrel. Uh, if I needed to like put an ice cube in my mouth just to kind of like regulate my brain from <laughs> from dying, which is again, if you guys are listening to this, don't do this. Like this is purely experimental. Like I'm not encouraging this, but it was, it, but then I did it a second time later on and having that, if you guys are going to do this, it, make sure you have a cold towel, make sure you have something that's wet and cold handy while you were doing some kind of like extreme sweat session uh even if it's in like a hot bath because it's like you need to be able to like regulate the temperature of your brain because that was that was the thing for me where it's like after that i was able to actually put it on my neck or my head and i was still sweating buckets but i was able to endure it a lot more easily uh without the idea of like literally just about to puke on the floor (laughs) yeah so i'm i'm gonna thank you for the reminder i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best uh david thomas tau and say full disclaimer (laughs) um you you should do this with supervision if you're going to do this you should do it with supervision you should check with your doctor before you do it right make sure you do this in a safe way this is i'm trying to give you a protocol that is safe and effective but um work with a professional work with a coach um do it under supervision right because like i was safe word (laughs) yeah have a safe word i was i was checking in with bobby to make sure that that he wasn't going you know too far too fast and especially being mostly by himself you know uh, in florida the, the last thing we want is for anybody to have major complications and we were doing this uh you know for funsies you know we were doing this because we wanted to try and we wanted to try and uh and experiment with it and this is a good skill to develop if you're if you're going to if you're going to do weight manipulation water manipulation but it, it can be dangerous if done badly or done incorrectly right so you know be smart, work with people, work with people who know what they're doing, um, follow up, follow a safe protocol and, and, uh, listen to your body, right? Don't, don't, don't push, don't push too hard. Um, so that's my, that's my disclaimer, not medical advice. Um, you know, don't, you don't have to do this. You can try it if you want to, but if you're going to work with somebody to, to help you supervise it, to make sure you do it safely. So with that said, um, Audrey, what you you don't have a sauna in your garage. Um, I don't it's have a sauna either. It's naturally a sauna, but yeah. So here's fun thing is I moved my platform into the dining room to prepare for the comp because I was like, I've got to do the comp inside an air conditioning 
no way can I do 10 minutes. And mostly I was thinking about holding onto the bells because that's the hardest part, right? It gets so sweaty and slippery. So I had moved that in and gotten it set up. And so this is what blew my mind is even in the air conditioning, doing like a 20 minute workout, right? Like mobility warm up. Like I said, that six, one minute sprints. Cause I couldn't even do the seventh one. Um, you know, not in my usual super hot 90 degree, 80% humidity garage. I lost a pound because I weighed myself before doing that 20 minute workout and after, and I sweat out a pound, like yeah. in, in 20, crazy. in 20, in 20 minutes, you sweat yeah. out a pound. Yeah, it's, it is, it is, uh, it is pretty crazy. So, you know, the sweat component is, is the important part. And so for me, um, I, I did, I did some kind of similar to what Bobby did. I, I went and did my kettlebell training, um, uh, which was terrible. I felt like garbage. Um, I did my kettle, I did my kettlebell training and it was like the 40 ish minutes long cycle light. I reduced my weight. Like I was, I was, I was working down a bell weight. I was doing 16s. Um, and it was really just to, to move and get the sweat started. And my garage is, is hot, um, because it's not, it's not uh, air conditioned and I didn't turn on the fan. So I had no air circulation. I got my sweat going and then I went and took a hot bath after that. So then I did a 60 minute. So then I did a 60 minute bath after doing, you know, like my, all of my long cycle and I dropped, I dropped 11 pounds in that, in that session. Right. Like that. And now again, I'm a big guy. I was 278 when I started, but I dropped 11 pounds in the, in the span of, in the span of 90 minutes because, because my body was just sweating and sweating and sweating and sweating and sweating. Right. So, and this is the, this is the point that when it's time to sweat, your body will actually excrete because it still has the hormonal signals. Well, and then I did my bath about two hours later. Um, and same thing. I was just like, and I couldn't quite do an hour because it was so hot. So I would like sit on the edge of the tub a little bit, then get back in. And so I did about 50 minutes. Um, but yeah, and then weighed myself and I was like, wow, it was almost another pound. I'm not quite, but then the next morning, I was a little bit shy, just a few ounces shy. And so I just got in the bath and did like a 15 minute bath and then made weight. So I was like, just bath. That part was the most enlightening was just how much we sweat. And then especially with exercise and in hot climates and just how important it is to hydrate. I mean, even though I knew that, you know, cognitively, intellectually, but just really seeing the number change and the amount of sweat, it was pretty wild that, and then the amount of protein that I could actually eat when I don't have the carb calories to rely on. Like I nailed my protein numbers, which Jordan knows I don't like, that's where I struggle. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Platform Podcast. We interrupt this interview to share some exciting updates about the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open happening October 23rd here at the Athlete Lab in Little Canada, Minnesota, in the heart of the Twin Cities, and now also available to compete in online via video submission. 27 Degrees Apparel has finished designing our event t-shirts and has given us a discount code TCKB10 for 10% off all of his apparel. And those shirts will be customizable by pre-order up until a couple of weeks before the competition. So you can check out the website for details on that. We also have two belts from Dennis Vasiliev at Bellevator 
as well as six pairs of Ursus barefoot athletic training shoes, which are my personal favorite for snatch as well as deadlift and GPP. And our friend Nikolai Pushlov from the Seattle Kettlebell Club is providing his new Made in the USA Pro Kettlebells for competitors to try out and use on the platform if they choose, as well as support from Gaspari Nutrition and others. And if you have any other ideas or connections to interested sponsors, please reach out to me. And don't forget to register for the event on our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. Now, let's get back to the interview. Bobby, how much, how much did you, how much did you drop in the, in the sweat between the sweat sessions? Like you drop, you drop quite a bit during, during your sweat sessions and that last day and a half, like you, you drop quite a bit. Yeah. So I, I basically, the way I timed it was like, we did like the test one around three o'clock the day before I did a second session, uh, around like seven o'clock that same day when I had the ice barrel and stuff. So I could kind of like jump back and forth and I, I lost, like, I, it's kind of funny cause I had actually dropped down to about, uh, I think like 196 or something like 197, you know? And I was like, oh, that's cool. But I knew that I was going to drink a little bit of water before I went to sleep, you know? Uh, so I had maybe like about like eight ounces of water, which is more than I wanted to, but it was like a drug. Like I couldn't stop <laughs> shook it up with some ice and I just savored it and, it and it just, I couldn't get enough. Went to sleep, woke up the next day and I weighed myself and I think I was somewhere around like 199 or, or 190, uh, like 198, 199. Uh, but I had set my alarm for 3.30 in the morning because I, I knew that I had to get my way in that day, that morning. And I had to do a the video project at like 6 a.m. for sunrise at the beach, like that same day. So I was like, I can't just like sleep in, you know, and then comfortably take my time. I had to set an alarm for three in the morning or th sorry, 3.30. I got up, turned on my sauna, sat in the sauna for an hour, right? Oof. Just listened to a podcast and stuff until 4.30, got out hopped back in the ice barrel because it was still like it went from 45 degrees fahrenheit to about like maybe like 52 degrees fahrenheit i just sat in there like head under just for like 30 seconds and then in the ice bath for like eight minutes or something like that got out dried myself off entirely my hair because i was like every tiny ounce of water is gonna <laughs> be like way too much you know so i like dried myself off in the garage and I'm not even awake at this point. I'm just delirious. And I, I jump on the scale at like 450 or something like that. And it was 194.6. So I was I was pretty happy. So I went from the day before weighing in at 2010 down to 194.6. Uh, and then after the refeed, um, which I'm sure we'll get into and stuff, yeah. I only jumped back up to the exact same weight. So 201.2. So even after like eating a lot of food and rehydrating and all this other stuff, I didn't put up like 55 pounds or anything, you know, it's like, it was actually just the water weight brought me back to where I was at natural homeostasis of weighing exactly. And that what's, what's actually even cooler is I've been doing my regular weigh-ins and uh, I just did it just like the other day, which is like almost a week later. Right. And I still weigh about the same, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I had, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of did the same. I didn't, I didn't have a three 30 AM wake up, but I, I woke, I woke up earlier than I normally do. Um, uh, but I, I got up, I got up and, uh, and took a, and took just like a 10 minute hot shower, um, and let the, let the steam get into the, into the bathroom, uh, and got sweating again. And, and then, uh, and then 
toweled off and and weighed in and i was honestly shocked like i was i'm not gonna lie i was shocked i 252.8 for me so i went from 278 to 252.8 so it was really so insane that's like a 25 a 25 pound fluctuation in in 12 in 12 days right but again like that's 10 percent ish of my of my weight you know you literally sweat a bucket (laughs) yeah yeah for sure it was yeah it was yeah it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy um and then uh yeah and then i and then i got to refeed so uh let's talk about the fun part uh which is the which is the refeed phase and this is actually super important to get right too because one i think one thing that um you know i made sure that i explained to both to both of them is you don't just sweat out you don't just sweat out water obviously electrolytes go with that right and so it's really important um that you get electrolytes back into your body um but you don't want to just like crush all of the same electrolytes at the same time, because you can get cramping or diarrhea, right? Like you, you, you gotta, you gotta make sure. So we alternate between sodium, uh, a sodium heavy meal and a potassium heavy meal. So like a lot of people are like, well, what's potassium heavy? Like that's going to be bananas. Potatoes um, are going to be high in potassium as well as uh, like uh, honeydew melon, right? There are, those are some, some, some potassium heavy sodium, super easy. Cause that's just salt. You just salt things. So like the, the first thing that I had um, was a stack of gluten-free blueberry pancakes with blueberries and peanut butter on them. And I actually put pink Himalayan sea salt on top of my peanut butter, um, to get extra sodium. And then it's so much better. Oh my God. And then, and then maple syrup, um, Minnesota maple syrup that my father-in-law actually like tapped from a tree and they boiled it and made their own, like, like actually, it's so, like actual local oh, homemade man. maple syrup, like, and a bunch of fresh blueberries. And I, crushed those fuckers along with along with three eggs with salt and pepper like that was my that was my refeed that was my my first refeed meal right so that was super heavy super heavy in sodium um and then at lunch um i had i went potassium heavy so i had i had potatoes uh i had potatoes and uh banana and a steak and you know like so it was a steak a, a steak and, and potatoes and uh chip and then i had a chipotle burrito bowl uh as my third as my third meal right so that was again back to sodium sodium heavy with the cilantro lime rice and steak and all the salsas and everything and god that was just so so freaking good right so but alternating between sodium and potassium heavy meals but really making sure that you're getting a bunch of carbs right like audrey you said you were 300 plus grams of carbs on your re- on your refeed day right i was yeah. over i was over 400 grams of carbs on my refeed day <laughs> like so audrey what was what was your first refeed meal like what was the first thing when you got to so eat the first again first thing was, i know? did was i had uh these homemade Madeline cookies that my coworker had made for me. What is a Madeline um, had, cookie? Huh? What is a what Madeline is, cookie? It looks a little bit like a shell. It has, it's like a, oh, it's in yeah, between yeah, a cookie yeah. Okay, and yeah. a cake. Yeah. And she had dipped it in white chocolate because I don't like regular chocolate and then, and then crusted it with pistachio. Sounds so terrible. I had four of those. I had saved them for three days because she had made them earlier in the week and I had wrapped them up and saved them intentionally. I was like, that's going to be the first thing I eat. And I, did this, I, I did the same thing also. Yeah, you did. Yeah, my my sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to but like Let's my neighbor, it. my neighbor's kid came by like the very first day of like the carb cut down <laughs> you know, and came by you and don't like about this. Yeah, and like she came by like the very first day of the carb cut and I was doing really good. I felt fine and stuff and I was tracking everything. 
And it's like, she comes up to our front door at like seven o'clock at night. And she was like, I made you guys some cake, you know? And I was just like, son of a bitch. You know, I even told her, (laughs) how badly did you want to punch me at that point? (laughs) I was just like, I can't be having this right now. Okay. I'm going to, a cake was just like, you should put it in the freezer. That way you'll be good. So I was like, okay. And I did that and ate it. So worth it. (laughs) Yeah. It was so worth it. I ate those. Then I had oatmeal with banana and like my usual breakfast and my protein shake. And then that night I seriously mauled a pepperoni pizza um, and then a peach milkshake. I crushed an entire, I crushed an entire pepperoni pizza, like thin crust, you know, but it was, you know, it was a solid, like 1300 calories worth of pizza. (laughs) Yeah. It was so good. So what was that day? That day, my calories was 2681, 2,681 with 341 grams of carbs. And then the next day was 26, 22. And then Sunday I went back to my normal. Um, so yeah. See, the funny, the funny thing for me is that it's like, if you actually look at my chart, you know, for, for weeks, cause like we've been doing this, you know, for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. So I've been, every single thing is filed out and nice and categorically organized. And then for like the day of the day before, it's the last day, I believe of like the actual sodium cut and then into kind of like the pre like weighing and stuff like this, there, there are like three days where I just, I, I did, I couldn't, I didn't track anything i was just like fuck that i don't even care you know i was so i was so indifferent and then when i actually started to like refeed and eat and like introduce food again i was just like ice cream don't even care how much that was like i didn't track anything and it was like so sunday i kind of made like a weak ass attempt at trying to remember what i ate and i'm looking at i'm like man you definitely ate way more than 2157 you know calories worth of food you know well, and you, you much to much to Steve Riddle's chagrin, and we got to give a shout out to Steve. Thank you for working with us on on uh, letting the athletes weigh in the morning before Thanks, the competition. Yes, he he worked so he worked much. with us because he knew I was doing this experiment, and he was like, "Yeah, totally fine." You know, uh, he let us send our our weigh in videos in the morning so that we didn't have to we didn't have to wait until like Friday evening to do to do weigh-ins and, you know, have to do another day of, of depletion. So, uh, we got to start refeeding early in the morning. So shout out to Steve. Thank you very, thank you very much, uh, for, for doing that. It was, uh, it was very, very useful, but Bobby, you much to Steve's chagrin didn't lift until Sunday. So you actually got two days of refeed and replenishment rehydration in because you started on Friday, did another, got another day on Saturday and then, and then, uh, Sunday, Sunday. Now was a good reason because yeah. uh, who lifted with you? Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say it's like to, to be fair, you know, it's like I actually felt really good the next day. Like after after the the, the cut and stuff, I was replenished and I, I took the time. And so Saturday, I was intending to lift and I felt really good. But I've been coaching my sister in law Amanda. And it was her very first competition. And, and Jordan, I've talked about this plenty of times where it's like, you, you, you are more invested in like the athletes that you are working with than your own set, you know? And so I was just like, she couldn't do it on Saturday and she was really nervous and she wanted to do it on Sunday and said, and I was like, yeah, we'll just do it together, you know? And so like, I got a lot of shit for it, but you know what? I, I, I don't even care. You didn't because... have to wait until the last minute to submit your video though. You could, you could have submitted that earlier <laughs> if we're Steve, being honest. They, 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 they wrote to me and they're like, Bobby, you just need to make sure that you submit your video to the Facebook group by 6 PM Eastern standard time. And I was just like, you know what? Just because fuck you, I'm going to do it at 2:59 or uh, sorry, 5:59. <laughs> 
even though I was done, I did my lift hour hour before, uploaded it, edited it, waited, and I sat in front of my computer for about 35 minutes and then waited until 5.59 and then submitted it. <laughs> just because. Why just, not? just because. Just to be that guy. <laughs> that <Why>? fucking guy. So. <laughs> that, that, Florida, that Florida man. Yeah, so. All right. But uh, you, you performed, you performed admirably. And um, Audrey was like a drunken mess on the, on the platform at the end. I don't, I don't, yeah. Not, not actually y'all, she was not actually a drunken mess, but uh, there's video of her on her, on her Instagram profile where <laughs> post uh, you did 60 reps long cycle with the double 16s, which is awesome. That was a great, that was a great fight. Um, you did, you did a great job, but she said something along the lines of everything. I have a, a, and she lay, literally laid her head on her kettlebell um, and just like laid on the platform. So I've done um, that so many times. It's actually really comfy. It was, it was like gibberish though. I could not understand it. You said, and I watched it like four or five times. Um, so did you feel still depleted when you lifted or did you feel like you were recovered and replenished uh enough do you feel like do you feel like the cut affected your performance adversely in the lift or do you feel like yeah it's a good question I'm not sure like I felt fine Saturday morning but you know like we talked about just rookie mistake like I ran out of time and I didn't do my normal warm-up so just I didn't feel like myself because Mm. of that like I it takes me a long time I have like that old woman endurance kind of thing where it's like, I need lots and lots of warm up, And then I hit the point and I'm warmed up and I can go, you know, for a long time comparatively. So, so that was just my mistake. And so I was mad about that. So I don't really know, was that the variable or was it just that, you know, control your variables y'all don't introduce confounding variables <laughs> exactly don't, don't make rookie mistakes like not giving yourself enough time for warm-ups right give or yourself using, extra time on warm-up for for competitions or yeah. using a different brand of chalk on the very first day that you're like the day you're lifting <laughs> yeah don't yeah, don't no, don't change anything that. on competition day Damn yeah, it. like, and that's why I wanted to do at least one set in my dining room because, you know, state dependent learning, right? I was so used to working out in my garage in that heat, that setup. And so I wanted to at least have one run through, but I, I probably should have given myself, you know, definitely more time. And then with the tech, you know, you're kind of stressing of, of like getting that all set up. But I will say shout out, like you said, being able to do the weigh-in the day before, not just because of this, but just that one extra detail I didn't have to worry about. Cause like in-person comps, it's different, right? It's like kind of fun. You go down with your team, you weigh in that night before, then you go pig out, you know, but like with the comp in February, that was stressful of like doing it right before your flight yeah. of like weighing it da, 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 and all that. So so Four that was just a nice, before. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a nice aspect. Yeah, and Bobby, you you uh you had a different approach, and you you had a pretty a pretty solid uh, a pretty solid grinded through a ten minute set with the with the twenty fours uh, and got uh, four, 47, uh, 47 or forty eight reps uh, uh, unoffic- unofficially up. Yeah. Okay. So let, let, like just just to clarify, because you know it's public records, you know, um, I I unofficially it was it was amazing because you know this was actually also just to say thank you again for for jumping on because when we had this set up you know um amanda was just like maybe we could get some people on like you know, the facebook thing and i was like okay and like everybody's busy at that last minute so nobody jumped on and then you jumped on and you were like hey no, i want to watch your set and stuff and so you and steve 
actually made it happen where we used this Zoom link. And you guys actually watched virtually while Amanda and her family were in the garage as well, cheering me on. And, and we cheered her on. But it was one of those things where like, this was actually the closest that I'd been to a real competition since, you know, like last year in March at the, at the Arnold's. But it was one of those things where uh, I, I kind of went into this just one, like the only goal I had, oh, and, and again, to clarify, it was 48 reps unofficially, but, but because my form is just absolute trash and I have to work on this, uh, it was only counted 35 reps. So well, to be fair, it was the hottest day, hottest, was, most humid day in your garage too. So you were fighting some grip <clears throat> issues and you changed your chalk like a dum-dum on the day of the competition. So you were fighting some grip issues at the end too. It, I'm making excuses for you. No, no, I no counts do. because of the shoulder rack or yeah, or, I, okay. I, I basically like my grip uh, fatigued early, and that's just because my clean technique hasn't been the best. So, like, so Jordan and I have actually been like working on that, which I, I've been feeling better with, so that's good. But, uh, you know, it's like my grip was fatiguing, and then it's, it, I just told them before, it was the most humid day I, I think, like, that I had trained in the garage yet. And I've been training in my Florida garage since you know, January, mm -hmm. and uh. That day in particular was just like absolute nonsense, just brutal. So by minute, by minute five, my grip was kind of taxed because my clean isn't the best, you know, uh, but, but, but I, was, I was hanging on. By minute seven, any like semblance of chalk that was on my bells or my hands was gone. So at that point, it was pure, just kind of like, feel like uh, force of will. Is that what you know, grit, like, like your shirt says? Grit. Yeah, yeah, just pure fucking grit. And I would just like kind of like lob them up onto my shoulders, but I didn't have the proper hand insertion to kind of like get that with that 45 degree angle across the hand. And so it's like I would kind of just lob it up on my shoulders and then feed it through and bring it down. But sometimes it was still difficult for me to actually get my hands in the right way. Mm -hmm. So the long and short of it, my only goal was to finish the 10 minutes. I did not care if I made 35 reps or 48 reps. You know, I changed the technique a little bit too. So I would actually do my clean and then I would do, you know, like rest in the rack and then I would do the jerk and then I would come back and rest in the rack again for a couple mm -hmm. of breaths and then recycle it and having the extra rest period after the jerk. I wanted to go as slow as possible because again, all I wanted to do is finish. Uh, and I did. Yeah, well, I'm impressed, Bobby, because I know humid, you know, sister here with the, it's so hard to keep the bells for it's a three awful. minute, four minutes at much less 10, you know, I, I thought it was impressive. And, and my ending, uh, like I set it down, I was genuinely so excited. I just like shouted at the camera, like, I finished. <laughs> it was, and, you had, and you had a luscious mustache and some and some mutton chops going. Like, you got to check out. That's the only reason I finished. You know? uh, yeah, this, the facial at, hair got a lot of fan yeah, at action. this at this fellow on Instagram, uh, you could see you could see Bobby's uh, you could see Bobby's uh, '70s style porn stash and mutton chop uh, facial hair, which he doesn't have anymore, unfortunately. And I had to ditch my mohawk because Aww. I have a client I have a client facing meeting, uh, you know, in a couple of days, so I didn't want the, their first impression of me to be uh, wearing a mohawk. I will bring it back though. I gotta say, like, I, I already miss it. Like I'm I'm like and this is the look I've rocked for a long time, just the the beard and the and the shaved head. But I'm like I, I kind 
kind of already missed the mohawk so I, I will bring i will bring the mohawk back um but you know it was it was fun my my performance was uh, a bit of a, a bit of a struggle um i'm gonna do a separate episode on my reflections on the riddle struck open um but i'm i'm kind of unsure whether or not like i i woke up the morning of the competition i got like a 93 sleep score and an 89 recovery score or vice versa i don't remember but like so i felt like i felt pretty good like i felt really good going into it i felt like i was i didn't feel depleted from the cut i I felt like i was kind of back to normal i felt pretty good but the day of like starting like when i turned on my heart rate monitor like getting ready to to start like i was in i was already in zone one and i think it was just nerves like i honestly i just think i was really excited i was nervous um you know i I was nervous because i i think i was nervous because i signed up for a 10 minute triathlon um and and my training cycle leading up to it there was a lot of gaps in it there was life you know a lot of things you know uh, excuses but i i think i was probably nervous because uh, because I knew I didn't have the training to, to justify that level of output that I was trying to, to put out. And so then, uh, my long cycle set did not go well because, because I, my heart rate was so high. I went like straight to the black zone, basically like after, <laughs> after minute three, my, my heart rate monitor basically thought I was dead because I was like in the, I was in the one, I was in the 180 something. I'm like the top of zone five for me is supposed to be 177. And I was in the 180. So I was over max heart rate technically. Right. And I, I, grinded that out until like seven and seven and a half minutes and then set him down got pissed <laughs> picked him back up and grinded out another like 16 reps or something you know none of those counted obviously but uh you know i i did the uh you know i did the the stupid the stupid thing of deciding i was gonna you know I turned it into a workout basically. And, and so then I, I, then I took a couple hour break, came back and just did a five minute jerk set and a five minute. And I only took, I literally took like 12 minutes between my jerk, five minute jerk set and a five minute snatch set and just bang, bang those out. And I was like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> and then I went, and then I went and started, started uh, drinking Oktoberfest and, and having, and having whatever food I, I wanted to have because I, I still put up, you know, 13,000 kilos or something like that, you know? So it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like I didn't do anything that day. It just, I was very disappointed with my, with my performance that day. So. But then we all had ice cream and everything was good. That's true. <laughs> or at least that I is, had a lot of ice cream over this next few days. That is, that is true. It was, yeah, it was, it was still, it was still good. So, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to let you guys go soon, but I want to, I want to give you a chance to, to tell like, give me like your, your best lessons learned from this experience. Like what were your main takeaways that, that like, what was good about it? We covered a lot of what sucked about it, but what were like your main takeaways um, from this, from this cut? I'll start with you, Audrey. Yeah. So I would say, like I mentioned, just how much sweat, you know, just from working out being in a hot climate. um, And so just the importance of water, you know, um, basic, but just really cool to see the data, you know, and then the protein, you know, like I went way over my protein. Well, actually I hit the protein of what I'm supposed to be having, which I just can't have. And Jordan has intentionally lowered my protein just to make me feel better that like, I'm actually hitting a number, even though it's still low. So yeah, just having to be creative, like Bobby was saying and think of like, okay, what foods can I have? You know? Um, so those, those were the two main takeaways for me. And honestly, like I totally enjoyed the experiment and, you know, liked doing it, especially knowing that y'all were also doing it. Um, but I wouldn't do it again, like not for five pounds, you know, it's like, I was, it was, I, I lost exactly five pounds, which is the goal. I got exactly what I wanted, you know, and I was joking, like, I think with Amanda, we were messaging that, you know, 
then that minute nine and 10, I will be glad that I can do less reps for that five pounds. But, um, you know, it, it just was, it, it was just really hard mentally. And I don't know that I want to have that kind of mental stress before a comp in Fair. the future. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think we, I, we I, I completely neglected to say that the reason that we uh, choose to do a cut is that in kettlebell sport for people that aren't familiar, like your rank is based on what weight class you compete in and the number of reps that you need to complete to achieve a rank is lower if you're in a lower weight class. So if you want to get rank one and you weigh, you know, 165 pounds, it's a lower number than if you want to get rank one and you weigh 185 pounds, right? So, so the reason that we do a cut is to get into a lower weight class so that you don't have to put up as many reps to achieve the rank. That's why we, that's why we would do it. I'm not sure how many people go to this uh, length to do it for kettlebell sport. I don't think I've, I've seen very many people that do it like this um, to this level, but um, anyways, that's why we would do it. Bobby, yeah, so mine was, mine was a five rep difference, right? So for yeah. five pounds, I was like, I would get to do five less reps. Maybe I'd feel differently if I'd hit my goal of 66 reps, I'd probably be like, Oh yeah, it was totally worth it. I nailed it. <laughs> but since I, you know, petered out, it, it doesn't seem worth it, but what about you, Bobby? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's like, uh, we're, we're using tips, like tips and tricks. Well, just and stuff, what, or? just what were, what were Take your takeaways? Away. What were your key, what were your main takeaways from it? Like, what did you like, you know, what, what did you learn from the experiment? So, I mean, I'd say that, uh, one, I, I actually really enjoyed the process of drinking more water. You know, uh, I, I already, again, drink a gallon of water and, in in you know, like if you are not actively drinking plenty of water, you probably should be, uh, because, it, you just feel better in general, but I liked the idea of drinking extra water and, 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 you know, like, uh, it was kind of an interesting, fun little thing to notice how like you, you just naturally could just lose a little bit of extra, you know, like weight, not body fat, but weight just by increasing your water intake, just because your body is flushing it out more naturally because this hormone increases. Um, but I, I'd say like, you know, I thought it was an interesting experiment just to kind of one, see just how difficult it is because the, like the main thing a lot of people were saying to me, especially like family and friends that like just don't get it. They're like, what like you're cheating, you know, you're you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to drop down to a different weight class and then and then compete back in your regular weight class a couple of days later. That's cheating. And I'm like, if you had to do this, you would realize that there is nothing about this that's cheating. What we are doing is is infinitely harder than what a normal person is doing. <laughs> you know, but it's like again, you're doing it for the for the sake of if you are competitive and and trained enough, like you should be able to have fewer reps that you would need to reach rank. You know. Um, I'm not there yet. So it's like, I don't really care about that, but so I don't think that I would be doing this necessarily for like the twin cities or anything like that. I might do like maybe a slightly modified version of just like, just, I don't know, like maybe not quite as intense, like dropping the, the sodium entirely out and stuff like this. And like, you know, sitting in a sauna like three times for an hour and 90 or like 90 minutes, you know, but um, I, I think in general, it's one of those things where anybody could do this as long as you actually have like the proper protocol and the guidance of maybe somebody that you could like refer to for questions and help. If you track your food, it's extra helpful. Um, but it's not necessarily worth it if you are not an elite 
athlete already. You know, it's like, it's just a fun experiment for us. Or if so, you're not within striking distance of the rank, I think, yeah. you, you know, I think that's kind of what both of you are getting to is like, you know, Audrey, Audrey was in striking distance of her, of her rank, yeah. but to be fair to her, um, she just got transitioned to 16 kg bells on long cycle. Not that long ago. This, this was not a competition where we were going for peak performance. Um, yeah. This was, this was a mid, a mid cycle, mid mesocycle uh, test out phase for us. Right. So it helped me design her next phase of training um, for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open, which is where we're trying to peak her at. Um, so she is going to get those 66 reps in October because she's got the training to back it up. She'll have the, she'll have the, she'll have the training behind her to back it up. And she's doing cleans on cleans on cleans on cleans on cleans right now with her, with her 16s. So, um, but I think, I, I think if you're, if you are like, if you're like me and you've missed rank before by one or two reps yeah. and like, man, it's, you know, it, it would be kind of nice to be like, oh, I just, all I need to do is cut five pounds to be in a lower weight class. And I can, and I could, I could achieve rank even with the performance I just put out. Right. Like that's kind of, that, that would be, it's nice to have this tool in your bag as, as one you could go to when it makes sense, right? Like if you're close on a, getting to a lower weight class or you're really close on, on achieving that rank, or you've already got the output necessary to achieve that rank, if only you were a couple of pounds lighter and in a lighter weight class, right? Like it is a nice tool to have in your bag. But I also think as kind of both of you alluded to, like there are some good fundamentals in this that apply outside of a water cut or outside of a weight cut, right? Just diet fundamentals of, you know, learning to, learning to be able to manipulate variables like your carbohydrate and take and like learning to be able to hit your protein and all of those things. Right. I think those things are super, super helpful. Um, and this is just a good, this is also just a good exercise in like, oh yeah, I can do hard shit if I set my mind to it and I'm just determined and I plan and I'm structured and I like, you can, you can do hard shit for even for a short period of time. Like this was only two weeks, but it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't, I, it wasn't fun. It was fun in the experimental mental exercise of it, but going through it at times it sucked. Yeah. You know? I'd, I'd say like this, like getting, through the this is the first time that i've successfully come i mean successfully is loose but like the first time i've actually finished a 10 minute set with the 24s and not set them down you know and i would do that three times over before i would actually want to do this again this was easily so much harder so if you guys are really kind of trying to just make yourself a little like you know, stronger mentally and like it like that tenacity. Uh, this is definitely a great way. Cause like when I was doing my long cycle, I was just like, that was way worse. If I could get through that, I can, I can finish the 10 minutes and I did it, you know, and it was a lot easier comparatively than sitting in the sauna and sweating out like all that extra weight. You know? Yeah, for sure. Well, and I will say, um, I will say that because we had the 24 hour refeed, that's why we were able to do a little bit more challenging protocol. If you have less or less of le if you have to weigh in the day of the competition, it's a different protocol. So don't, don't follow this. If you're, if you're weighing in the morning of, um, and also you don't have to do all four phases, right? Um, you, especially phase two and phase three, you can do just phase one, which is the water load, you know, two weeks out from when you need to weigh in, start doing the water load and then do phase four, which is the water excretion phase, right? Because you'll still get the same hormonal response. Phase two and three are really just about manipulating how your body stores fuel and how your body stores water, right? But you could, you could do just phase one where you water load and, and get, and get the, the hormonal changes. And then a day before you need to weigh in, you pull water and you do the sweat phase, right? And, 
<laughs> yeah, that's a good point, especially if you're like within a couple reps of rank and within a pound or two of the weight yeah. class, like you could easily drop two pounds. The, the, clo- the closer yeah. you are, the closer you are to a weight class. And if, if you don't, and, and you don't want to do the, the carb reduction because you really need to be at a high level of performance, right? Still, because that's what really affects the performance output is the reduction in carbohydrates, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, we all felt that, right? So you could just do phase one and phase four, right? That, that is, that is totally possible. Um, but again, that, that can affect electrolyte levels and things. So again, work with, work with somebody to make sure they're monitoring you and keeping you safe on this. But, um, you know, you don't have to go to this extreme, but this is, you know, this is the protocol that UFC fighters use. This is the protocol that Olympic, uh, you know, wrestlers use and, you know, other people that are Olympic power lifters, you know, you know, et cetera, like people that are in people that are in, uh, weight class controlled sports use a protocol like this because it, it is effective. It is consistent. Um, it is fairly, you know, the fact that we all saw the same response across uh three different weight classes two different uh you know two different gender identities right like mm-hmm. um you know or you know there's there's uh there is some science behind this right and it's uh it's it's a lot of fun to play with those things um in theory <laughs> it's, well, and ac- if for it's academic else, and bonding. intellectual fun <laughs> if for nothing else the bonding experience yeah. was worth it yeah, for sure. So, all right. I'm going to be respectful of your guys' time. Thank you very, very much for, for coming on and sharing all of your, uh, all of your insight and your experience. Thank you for being my guinea pigs and volunteering to do this with me. Um, I, I really, I really very much appreciate it. It was great. Um, it, it was fun working with you guys and, uh, I look forward to continuing working with you. I'm really excited to uh, get to see you guys in person in October. So we've got eight weeks. We got, we're eight weeks out from today. Um, you know, um, so, or from yesterday, I guess, uh, before the twin cities kettlebell open. So I'm really looking forward to, to seeing you guys here, uh, on the platform and, uh, kicking ass. So thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. You're thank welcome. You, Thanks for being an awesome coach. I uh, appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. I'm Jordan Gundy Wright. We'll be back with a new episode for you next week. Please don't forget to register for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open on our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. And if you have a question or a suggestion, please email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. And if you want to step onto the platform and compete in kettlebell sport, please reach out to me. Until next time.